Hello, Into Creative Aging listeners. Thank you so much for joining me. I am really excited to have our guest today. This is Diana Shula Coast. She's a mother of two sons, wife and a care partner, former urban school leader and entrepreneur. For 25 years, she served as co-founder and president of Perspectives Charter Schools and Network in Chicago. After the love of her life, Lorenzo, was diagnosed with younger onset Alzheimer's disease, she shifted her focus and founded Lorenzo's House, a social impact startup organization designed to empower families living with younger onset Alzheimer's. She is determined to shift the narrative, build a much needed alliance and bring light into the space. Diana, it is so awesome to have you on this. I am just thrilled to have met you and be a part of your your organization. And you are really the influencer and the poster example of what someone does when limitations are thrown at them. So thank you for being on here. Angel, thank you so much for having me. I'm humbled and so grateful that you've asked me to be on the show. And just to lead with um, how important you have been in this space for me, you know, not only do you bring so much, uh, experience and talent and in- incredible work to this space that I've, that I know so little about, right. This has been, um, new for me, but you also, um, just lead with love and integrity and ethics. And that combination just has meant so much to me. So I'm just really grateful to be connected and to be, uh, colleagues and friends. Oh, thank you. Likewise. So one of the first things that I always ask my listeners is because this is a creative aging topic list and what people are doing to live life creatively and productively is what are the things that get you going in life? What gets you out of bed? What gets you motivated? What's that spark for you? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I guess, you know, I think probably what many of us would say is love for family, right? My love for family. I'm, I'm so grateful to have our, our two sons and my beautiful husband, Lorenzo, um, that drives me being mom, um, trying to be a good mom every day. Uh, and the other piece and dimension, I think, um, that is a huge part of my identity is that my work, uh, we talk about leading life with purpose. I, I, I fortunately never had to chase those things that kind of came to me as a school educator, um, working in education for years. And now this new cause chose me. So I think I'm, you know, really inspired to get out of bed now to help others. Like that has always been my mode of operation, which then always helps me. It, it's, it's so humbling to be in that space where I can, uh, try to serve a, a, a need that needs to be met. And that drives me. And I get excited about being able to um, use any talents or ideas that I have to, um, to make this world a little better. So my family and, um, and my, my work are two really, really big things that get me going. Every- That's awesome. I, and I know, so I'd like to just kind of we can talk if we can back up a little bit. Um, your husband Lorenzo got diagnosed with young onset Alzheimer's, and you know you're in the Chicago area, which is you know usually it's a major metro city. You would think there would be like a ton of 
resources and places to go to and, and support. And that really hasn't been the case in this, in this particular population. I see that here too, in, in Florida and in other States I've lived in. And can you tell us when, 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 what were some of the no- things that you were noticing and how old was Lorenzo when, when he first got diagnosed and how did you come to that process? Right. So, um, kind of a twofold kind of response to all this is that my um, husband was diagnosed in 17, but, you know, we always look back and think, gosh, these signs were going on earlier um, and probably five years earlier. Uh, But he was diagnosed in 17 and he was 62. And um, we noticed, um, you know, everything from our conversations were not, um, were not as deep, were not as meaningful. And I was wondering what was happening. His, his work world was different. Um, He was not performing like he normally had. And his connection with our sons um, just was one of the first things to kind of fall off, I noticed. And, and that was really hard for me as a mom, because I didn't understand this was not the man I chose and the man I married and the father that who I had always seen, right? So those were some things. And then just, there are always the details of, you know, taking our son Lucas home from basketball practice, but he ended up at his home on the south side of Chicago instead. And those stories can go on and on, but we noticed, those are some of the things that I noticed. And after the diagnosis, Dr. Mastriani at U Chicago Hospital has has been, was really, really lovely and really terrific after I had um, really searched for a neurologist who could meet sort of me where I was. I really cared both about obviously the science and the medicine side of it, but also the, um, just the emotional side of it, having that support as a human walking this journey, which is, Mm. you know, and we were immediately connected to Tessa um, McEwen, who is a part of his care team there. And she has been a part of our village since then. And she, you talk about you know, supports for the younger onset falls community and other dementias community. We are few and far between, and it is, it is the gap that I found. While here in Chicago, we have Susan Frick and um, Rush University. Without, without warning, is is a, her incredible group. She has from the upfront been really terrific and supportive, um, and and yet I felt that maybe. Um, we could do more and more that, that with Lorenzo's house, um, I could, I could, I could bring smart people together to, to do more in this space and to build on more innovation and more connectedness for families, um, like mine. Yeah. What, how old, so how old were your sons at the time? So, uh, 11 and, uh, 15. Wow. How, and how were, you know, the, as a family, because, you know, I, it's, you know, research especially is trying to get to these younger populations, you know, even preventative. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it really, you get so focused on, on the, the disease that you lose track of the person and the impact of what it's doing, especially like, I feel like there's so much support for those in the moderate to even later stages, but, you know, for yourselves where you, you are at home and this is so raw and so new and so young, um, right what, how was, how was the impact on, on, on the boys at that young of an age? Mm. You know, 
it was really hard and really painful and um and it continues to be we're we're all finding our way right we're inside this journey you know lorenzo's house is being built because i need lorenzo's house right i am not an expert i am the one with the questions just like i think our sons are so they actually have i think absorbed this and are absorbing it in very different ways and it's showing itself in different ways and whatever those ways are they are it's exactly how it should be unfolding right what i think lorenzo's house has done as a result of uh, me being a a mom, you know, a younger mother, um, is that we have as a strand of the Lorenzo's House model, this youth initiatives. And it was actually our son, Lucas, who said, hey, mom, if you're going to do this, if you're going to leave perspectives after 25 years, you have to do something with, you know, kids, the kids who are, who specifically have a parent who has younger onset Alzheimer's or other dementia, because that niche is so different than a youth who has a grandmother that he sees on weekends or maybe once a month or an aunt. It's that Lucas and Justin have been a part of um, care partnering with for their for their father, right? And what happens with youth too is that that's different, right? It's that they are not only supporting their 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 parent who has the, has the disease, they're also keeping an eye on the primary care partner, which is me. So my boys were doing double work. I was doing double work because I was a mom, right? I was caring for my boys because that was my choice and not a child. Um, so that led us to our youth camp, which was our first program angel that, you know, has was really, really a labor of love. And the, the outcome was really beautiful. And since then we've been evolving our youth initiatives. Um, and I'd love to talk about even we had our light club last night, but I'll kind of close off there on that, that piece. Yeah, I think, I mean, for our listeners out there, you know, and I know there are a lot of people who resonate with you and what you're saying. And um, so I'm, I'm so glad to have you on this episode and to, to have this conversation that I know so many people need and knowing that they're not alone, but you, you, you know, as far as I know, you were the first to really lead this national initiative for youth. And so for my listeners who aren't aware, you know, what Diana and her, her sons did was they created Lorenzo's house youth camp. So can you talk a little bit about the camp and how did you, you had some pretty heavy hitters involved like Seth Rogen and his wife, Lauren and hilarity for charity and laughter on call. How did you get, can you talk about our listener to our listeners about how, how did this come to fruition? You know, the idea of, 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 of working with youth, how did this come, you know, how did you, um, were able to really put this all together and serve these kids all over the country? Right. So um, it was so so keep in mind, so Lorenzo's house launched in January of 2021. So we are eight months, nine months old. One of the, the strategic pieces that was really important for me was that we build out one really meaningful program this year because we're just getting into this space. It's just right now Lorenzo's house is me and um, our programs coordinator, Bree. Well, I felt compelled to put down out one build out one program that showcased that a we were meeting a need and that b um showed that we as lorenzo's house know how to build collaboration and partnerships because i believe that understanding that that need and understanding that problem and filling a piece of that problem with 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 quality programming and then partnering with experts in the space that is what is going to build 
um, an organization that truly can make a difference. So I really was leaning on Lucas, our son, at the very beginning, like back in January, saying, if we have this camp, what should it look like? What should it feel like? What should we do? And he came up with three words. And he's a guy of, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't want to talk about this all the time. He's not like, oh, mom, let's go rah, rah. But he is like, well, mom, how about I give me, I said, Lucas, give me three words. And those three words stand today. And he said, well, I, I said, and I asked him where, what do you want to feel? What do you think youth would want to feel when they leave this camp? And he said, um, heard, united, and inspired. Wow. And I thought that was so powerful. And from there, then I started to call folks that I was being connected with. Angel, I was connected to you. And immediately I thought, how can we work together? You came in to support that, um, that space in helping build out the art component with Yale University Art Gallery. You brought your team in and you led that module. So we had three modules and this, it was a virtual camp. It was such a beautiful virtual camp. And it was hard to put together camp, virtual Alzheimer's after kids had been on Zoom all year long, right? Mm -hmm. so how are we going to do this? How do we make sure that it's both fun and deep and fun? It's because we want our kids to um, feel like this was a place they belong. So there was the United piece that was led by um, you, Chicago Medicine and Rush. And then we had um, Angel, you and your, your team um, from, from Yale. And then we had Hilarity for Charity and Laughter on Call came and did this piece on using laughter as, as medicine. How would we, how were we inspired on a daily to continue to be brave warriors in this space? You know, young, brave kids who are walking a really unique niche. So it was beautiful. And we had raffles and then we had Berna Hubner. At, you know, she had Berna Hubner who has been just such a source of love and support since I met her. Her, um, her mother who uh, died of alls, of course, she turned that into something bright by putting together a beautiful documentary called um, I Remember Better When I Paint. Well, that documentary had been kind of revised and converted into how do we build that into the youth space. So during our lunch, there was a breakout to watch pieces of that film. It was, and then Seth and Lauren did show up, right? How cool that mm -hmm. Seth Rogen and Lauren showed up because they're such real good people. They're, they're so down and real about the cause. And, um, and it meant so much to our kids that they'd show up, that they showed up. And so that was the camp. And the coolest piece about that is the question is, and as an entrepreneur, the, always the next question is going on in your head every morning when you wake up is what's next and how do we build on the good work? So a subset of that group of young people have been meeting ever since. And they've asked the question, where do we go next? And they've built out what they want to call the light club. Not a, they don't want to say we're a youth um, caregiver support group, but we're the light club. And so we're excited that uh, we've had our second light club. It was just last night. Um, and it was so incredibly beautiful and powerful. We had 17 kids. I think our first time last night, we had about nine, um, but it's every two weeks on Wednesday nights at 8 PM. And, um, and it's for youth who have a parent who's living with alls or other dementias between the ages kind of 10 to 20. Um, mm -hmm. And that's 8 p.m. Central Time. 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Okay. And you can get on our website to sign up um, and you can pop in. And last night we started with some uh, Rahul Sharma, who is a brilliant musician, played his sitar and we did a breathing, um, a breathing piece. And we talked about fun facts and we 
um, did a little trivia, and then we went deep for a while, right? We talked about what works. Last night it was what works. And these are, these are basically questions that are driven by our kids, right? So I really want this club to be driven by what do our kids want? What do our kids need? And I say our kids, meaning our kids in this particular niche community who are living with a parent every day who is battling this, this, um, this diagnosis. And I say diagnosis, it's, it's, it's really an angel, you and I have talked about this. It's a diagnosis of the family, right? This diagnosis is everybody's diagnosis. And we all, um, we all wear it and experience it um, and live with it in different ways. And, and last night's question was what works in terms of what works best in, in terms of how you connect with your parent. And it was so beautiful to, wow. to listen to what kids had to say. Yeah. And they're, and it closed out by a young girl saying, I really like this club. And she was 12. Um, I really like this club because um, I'm able to share things that I wouldn't share with anybody else. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's beautiful. And we're growing. Yeah. Now, right? yeah, we're growing. That's and and the fact that you know when you put we to do a virtual all day camp you know that would break out in sessions you know we we had the art museum art therapy session and they got to talk with the social workers about anything they wanted to talk about at this about the disease you know why is my dad having seizures why is you know this what is exactly is this is happening to his brain you know and then they had the laughter part at the end there were was it twenty one. We, I think we, there were 21 children, youth, that were involved. And what were the age ranges? Right. There were uh, 21 youth from across the country, ages 10 to 12. So, yeah, we had kids from California to Washington, D.C., and North Carolina. And, yeah, it was it was beautiful. And we didn't want too many, right? We want, I thought, yeah. a really nice number because it's intimate. And I was able to have a connection with every parent prior to the camp because um, of just the, just the depth and power of what the camp represented and, um, and how new it was, right? It, it wasn't a swim camp. It was a camp that I really wanted to know the parents. Right. And they were hesitant that we had, we, when, you know, these were kids, the, you know, and there were teens, I, I believe we had like 15, 16 year olds too, some teens in there. And um, I know in the beginning, they didn't, that nobody knew each other. And I think weren't, you know, a lot of them were hesitant to even attend. So yeah. it was like, you're not going to be forced to talk. You're not going to be forced to do anything. You can just observe if you want. And it ended up being where everybody participated and everybody bonded, which is how you're doing this light club now. And I just, that, that's just amazing because I don't know of any other level on an, on a national level like this that reaches our youth the way that it's reaching them. And you're also teaching empathy, mm. which I don't think is, is happening a lot right now in, in our, in our, in our our society. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Angela, you're right. That's and I, you know, I'm, you're the pro in this space. And I want the more, the more I talk to, to, to innovators and those who, um, who have been in this memory care space for so many years, you know, I'm humbled because I, I I'm like I said, I'm not a professional. I'm just a mom who was also an educator. So I'm paralleling, you know, my, 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 my experience and my skill set as a, as a teacher and as a school leader and trying, you know, and trying to fill this space. And I love how you talk about, yes, we teach empathy and we reteach empathy and our kids are really the ones who can teach empathy. Right. I mean, when I think about that, um, 
it, it inspires me to hear you as someone who's been in this space to say, gosh, we need this, right? That That's important to me. It's important to me as a mom, and I hear it from moms, but when professionals in the space continue to say this to me about our youth work and about the other dimensions of Lorenzo's house, um, I need that advice and that insight so that we grow slow but strong and smart and we can serve as many families as possible everywhere. Well, thanks. But you keep saying, you know, I'm not the professional and you are the expert because you're living it. This, you know, you're, you're going by what you know and what you have lived and what you see and what so many people in your shoes resonate with. So it's like, you know, we have our physicians and our neurologists and our, you know, our so-called, you know, expert professionals who may know about the disease and, and caregiving, but you are, you're the piece that of that puzzle. You're an instrumental piece because you are the one that's also teaching us. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. I think, I think my passion for my, my love for my husband and my passion for, um, for all these incredible people I'm meeting. I mean, I'm just, it's so easy to fall in love with so many people on this journey. I found such sisterhood and I feel like I have new siblings in this space, men and women. And last night I'm getting off this call with the light club at nine o'clock at night because it was eight o'clock central standard time as well to meet kids in California and in South Carolina or North Carolina. And I'm getting off just, I was so inspired, right? I, mm. I'm, I'm so passionate, inspired and how, what a gift really to be living this diagnosis every yeah. day with my husband and family. And then to also be putting into action ideas that could be helping me. So you're right. But, um, but it's folks like you that, that, that help us get smarter. So I'm so thankful. <laughs> Thanks. It's a, it's a two-way street. So I'm curious, um, you know, you're, 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 you took this initiative to be like, you know what, I, I'm not really getting, I've got support, but I'm not really getting the support. And my kids definitely aren't getting support. So we're going to do this. So now you're running this organization, but you know, you, your husband is still, you know, he's living at home with you and, you know, you still, you're, you know, I know your boys are off in school and, but how, how are you managing? So, you know, how, what is, you know, what are things that you're doing for yourself and, and with Lorenzo? Right. Um, so this is a great question for all care partners. What does self-care look like? And what am I doing to kind of self-sustain? Is that kind of where you're going with that? And then what's yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, um, running an organization is yeah. a lot, but then you yeah. also have your, you know, your, your yeah. you, right. <laughs> what are you doing for, what are you doing? Like, what do you do for fun? What do you do for you know, how are you connecting with Lorenzo? Right. I don't know if I'm, you know, I, I kind of, uh, I do simple things that kind of make me happy. I'm fortunately a person who is today, you know, very, I'm, um, I'm inherently an optimist. I um, am strong um, and uh, work has always been something that has merged with play and life that sometimes like as an entrepreneur and building perspectives, which was, you know, this network of schools, there was always this merge of life and work. It's kind of been a bit of my life. So um, I think ways that I'm doing self-care is, um, is that we take walks, um, is that I have a lot of conversations with family and friends. Um, now with COVID, I'm having, with COVID sort of phasing out just a little bit, you know, here I'm having a few more folks over to the house in small groups, like one person at a time for a tea. That's felt good. Um, Zooms have been keeping me well. So that personal connection has been great with 
friends, and I have been very fortunate to have dear friends um, and a family that's very supportive. So that social piece is nice. Um, I am um, crazy in love with my guys, so I think some of the things that I've done in this house that are small but bring us joy are some of our rhythms like I've tried to make this house a bit of a museum in that we have like we're probably not going to go to Paris in our retirement right but we can go to Paris every morning and eat at our bistro so this morning I'm having my coffee and he's having his 800 calorie meal that I'm trying to get calories <laughs> in him and in his honey toast and butter and his hot sauce and everything and we're sitting in our um in our little bistro now that's joy that's our moment of okay let's absorb some joy from that because there'll be challenges today. Right. Mm -hmm. And we love our walks and we're not too far from the lake here in Chicago. So that felt good or Evanston. And then, um, we also, you know, have, we don't have a, a dining room table. So we flip it into a pool table. Lorenzo's loves the pool. So he'll love to play pool during the day. Um, and we, um, we watch great movies and I think music, has been huge for us. Yeah. I think music is our biggest connector. So we have right mm -hmm. now in the, in the Heights is on right now. So it's our favorite soundtrack and Lorenzo loves it and I love it. And so those are, it's those small things that add up and, um, and then I'll have respite. I'll have a couple hours where my girlfriend will come in and I'll, you know, go maybe, um, you know, get a haircut or get my nails done. But it's, there's, there's a thing about when you're a caregiver, there, there is very, you are definitely isolated and there's a sense of like, you're not really liberated. You can't just go like I did. I was on the go from the time I was a teenager till this happened, this diagnosis. So it is different. Right. Um, but, um, I don't know if that answers your question. I don't know. I got to think about those. Oh, things. it does. Those Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's simple. We try to eat right and light candles and play music and watch good movies. Um, yeah. And dance every once in a while. So those are, those are the little things that we do. Um, but we're not going as out as much, right? That's the other thing is we just don't. It's, it's, it's sometimes easier not to. So. Wow. Well, those little things are big things and they add up. And that you're enjoying those moments. Yeah. yeah. That's important. So, so I want, you know, how can, so people, you know, there's, you know, I'm, I, tell everybody, you know, I don't know a lot of organizations that are doing, if any, that do what you do. And I think Lorenzo's house is, you know, it's an imperative need and you're really meeting so many needs. And how can, for physicians, for social workers, you know, even for caregivers or people that are listening to this, you know, right now, how can they find you? Right. They can find us at lorenzoshouse.org. Um, and you that is our website that was built with the labor of love and you will find there you can follow us on socials that's so important i didn't really realize that because i'm not a big social media person but with some support and insight people have come and noticed that our social media team has been putting together some real meaningful um, posts that i think um, generate interest and, and energy um, so that's one way that you can you can find us is is on our website and that's, is that lorenzoshouse.com or .org? Dot .org, lorenzoshouse.org. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I um, highly encourage yeah. everybody to, to check out this website and see all the amazing things. And, yeah. um, and it should, you know, I, have you reached out to any of the schools, like the, you know, from the elementary, middle, high schools, you know, to, or even colleges have, you know, because there's so many kids who are out there and teens that, you know, 
are not aware of what's there and, you know, and that they're not feeling alone. Have you been reaching out to any of the schools? Yeah, that's a great question. So yes, we have been reaching out to the schools here in Evanston. And I just met with this incredible woman here in Evanston, Audrey Thompson, and we're going to figure out what's the best way to kind of move on advocacy here in, um, in Evanston. And then also, uh, Dr. Fox at CPS, Chicago Public Schools, to figure out how can we build an alliance, both of youth in this niche, but then also an alliance of, of youth who are just serving as, as advocates for, for, for Alzheimer's in general. And, um, and then just, just to step back one second, and just to share this too, when you think about Lorenzo's house and kind of who we are and what our model is, we're four things but we're focusing on two right now. We are our youth initiatives, which has been the cornerstone here that we've been talking about. We are our care angels, which is really connecting care partners to care partners. And then eventually building out a memory academy, which is a day program for younger families with living with younger onset here in Chicago in the Chicagoland area, and then respite spaces, those four things. But like you said, our, we led this year in our building of Lorenzo's house through the lens of youth initiatives. And going into 2022, we are going to move forward and really focus on the youth initiatives as well as care angels, which is a model that has been started in the care in the cancer space called Immerman Angels. Johnny mm -hmm. Immerman started Immerman Angels. He's on my board. He's a beautiful, incredible human, dear friend. We're taking that model and sort of building it out in the care partner to care partner space. So it would be like a care partner like me connected to another care partner of a similar profile, right? Someone who's got a couple kids, but because like you had said, Angel, you know, younger onset families are not, we, there's not dozens of them in, right in your immediate area, but we are here and we are in high numbers, but we're, we're not necessarily close. So I think with the care partner group, the idea is that I'm connecting a mentor angel with a, another care partner who might have two kids. They're the breadwinner. They're got a husband who's diagnosed and we can support each other both emotionally and, and, and with resources and be a part of that angel network. Um, Johnny Immerman now has 13,000 angels across the globe. The idea is that Lorenzo's house um, can do something like that and our angels can do something like that. And I, and I guess, you know, I'll close. The big vision is that, you know, that Lorenzo's house five years from now is, is a place where it's a go-to place for families who are are living with younger onset Alzheimer's and other dementias. Because while there are pieces at Alzheimer's Association and it, there are, there are, there are small, there are bright spots, but mm -hmm. I'd like there to be this hub where the best resources, the smartest insights, and that what Lorenzo's house is a labor of love that's been built by the people who are living it, right? I've, I may have planted the seed, but I'm about building that voice of those who from our youth to our care partners, to the friends of those who are, are a part of this, that, that five years from now that, that Lorenzo's house is that go-to place, both both here and even internationally, right? The international connection's been interesting because of Zoom and COVID. Now we're able to to meet in ways we never were. So that's, that's the big dream. And it's going back to your point, which is the space is not, people aren't addressing the space um, in a, in a really cohesive, concentrated way. And I want to be real strategic about how we build that out. And, and that's the big dream. Yeah, that is amazing. And the last, I mean, the last statistics that I read just alone in the United States for people that have young onset and what, you know, what does young onset mean? It means that you are 65 years and younger. 
Right. You know, there are people in their even late 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, early 60s that are getting diagnosed. So it's not just an old person's disease. Right. And the last I read was it's been a close to, you know, around 250, you know, close to 250,000 people alone in our in this country that are living with it. Right, right. And then pack on not just the individuals. If we have 240, 250,000 people, that doesn't count their families like you and your sons, you know, so it's like you can double or triple that number. Oh, Angel, you're so right. That's such a great way to look. I mean, that's such a, it's such an honest and real way to look at it, right? When we talk about the diagnosis of the family, because it's a chapter, it's a, and we, yes, that's so incredible. And then the, the layer of that is how many families are living with a misdiagnosis or an undiagnosis because physicians are seeing people who are coming in with these problems as, oh, maybe you're depressed or maybe it's ADD because they're young. Mm-hmm. So this is, um, we really at Lorenzo's house, you know, we talk about shifting the narrative from, you know, um, from sort of isolation to connectedness, right? We don't have to walk this kind of alone, right? We can face this together and we can, we can find joy in that journey and that shifting the narrative of of, of stigma, you know, being stigmatized, um, cause there's a stigma to it people, you know, and, and it's, it is this really dark, tragic disease, but that stigma of, 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 from, from kind of being stigmatized to building that awareness, right. And, and that acceptance is really kind of what I'm looking at from stig- being stigmatized to accept it. And then, um, you know, the darkness to light that, you know, despair to hope that if we can build an alliance that, that this can really help us in our, in our, in our journey, because the care part can be so much more innovative than it is right now. Yeah. And, um, and I don't know what I'd be doing. You know, you talk about care, what self-care for Diana, oh my gosh, the huge pieces. And I didn't even bring this up is cause I got to think about what I think is I have meaning, you know, it's my relationships with so many people in this space right now who are walking my similar path. Like we've, we have each other somehow that, you know, there's, there's nothing small in people saying, gosh, I, it feels so good not to be alone. Like I know someone else is out there. That is so massive. You can't mm-hmm. measure that. Like what's the, what's the the metric for measuring that? I don't know what it is, but it's off the charts when you know you have folks everywhere um, and friends and, and, and now partners everywhere who are, who are, who are walking this with you. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You bring up, I mean, so many good points from, yeah, the diagnosing process to this, you know, everything, the services and, you know, caregiver, you know, getting creative and, and knowing that you're not alone, but, you know, and diagnosis for those that, you know, even right now are suspecting that there's some memory problems or finding yourselves being dismissed by, by your doctor. It's important that you're seeing a specialist, someone who really understands the different types of dementia and understands you know, there are pet images, there are diagnostic, you know, tools that we can now detect. Is this an Alzheimer's process? Is this Lewy body? Is it frontal temporal lobe? You know, is it Parkinson's? So it's like, it's important that we're speaking to people who really do understand and are taking the time. Yes. And knowing that, and especially knowing that you're not alone. So again, I really encourage um, my listeners to please check out Lorenzo's house at Lorenzo's house dot org l o r e n z o s 
H-O-U-S-E.org. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, Diana, it's been such a pleasure. I, you know, you're just, you're, you're truly, you really truly are an influencer and a mover and shaker and just, you know, we need more optimistic people like you. Truly. Thanks, Angel. Well, I'm, I'm so grateful to be connected and thank you for having me on your podcast. It means so much. Sounds good. All right. Thank you. And to my listeners, thank you for tuning in. And this will be posted on multiple platforms. Please check us out. And thank you. Stay creative until next time.